Welcome to Your Voice to the World. I'm Eddie Pinero, speaker, filmmaker, and storyteller, teaming up with Terrence McMahon, retired CEO and best-selling author. Having built multi-million dollar businesses and created lifestyle brands enjoyed by millions around the world, we've established a blueprint to do more and become more. Now we're joining forces to inspire you to share your voice and build the business and lifestyle you've always dreamed of. Welcome to Your Voice to the World. I'm Eddie Pinero. I'm Terrence McMahon. And we teach you to share your voice. Build your business. Today is a banger, my friends. Big banger. The greatest salesman in the world. That's Two me. million copies worldwide. Og Mondino. And that's... that's Og? Og Mondino. Mondino. I was like, what, Mondino? <laughs> you were looking for his name. His name's Og Mondino. Christian He's actually Mondino. from Framingham, Massachusetts, not far from yeah, the Yeah, I can from. tell, the accent. Yeah, you, you, really... you, heard him, uh, you heard him talk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were telling me a little bit about this dude's background. It's actually a pretty cool story. He went from being an unemployed, drunken insurance agent. He got fired, thrown out of his house, lost his job, was doing side jobs for for booze basically and was on the brink of suicide that's the backstory to this and he saw a gun in the window of a pawn shop and it was 29 dollars and he had reached in his pocket he had the, the three tens and when he looked down at the three tens he also looked up and he saw the public library across the street he wandered in the public library went to the self-help book the success in personal development started reading books quit drinking started uh, writing books, he went there every day, and then he developed the 10 principles that he transferred into this fictional story of the greatest salesman in the world. Yeah, it's really cool because it feels personal. You know, like the 10 scrolls. Oh, it's totally awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, the way it's, it's laid out, like you can feel sort of the epiphany and the breakthrough he's having through each one and like his development as a person. And it makes, you know, makes you reflect back on what you're doing and the lessons you're learning. I just found it like super relatable. Yeah. You know? I like how he wrote a story about his principles instead of writing a book about how he did it. The way you it was hear, laid Yeah, out. you hear a lot about that. It's funny because we connected to books. Uh, as you know, It's kind of one of the things I always say. I stopped binging on booze, started binging on books. He took in books and then uh, he made that into a cool story. Uh, it was about a little, little, a little, little guy named Hafid who wanted to marry some girl and... The girl's father wouldn't permit him, I guess. Yeah. And because uh, he had no money and he was uh, mentored by a uh, the greatest salesman in the world, a guy named Petros and Petros mentored him, taught him these 10 principles. And uh, our uh, our principal research assistant, Steve's going to rattle off some principles that we're going to we're going to rattle about and then uh, bang about what we can do in our in our lives to, to use them. These are, these are a lot of the things that you write about yeah. in your, uh, yeah, in your I channel. Mean, I was going to ask you, so like first read through, do you feel like they'd be wildly different from your, like if you had to write 10 scrolls um, for yourself, I mean, it just going through each one, I'm like, man, this hits, it hits the mark. That's kind of cool. They're broad. I, you know, they're broad, but yeah. they, I mean, the habits are, I mean, the first one is, is on, is on habits. I mean, Habits are everything. I mean, it's the base. The number, scroll number one is habits. Uh, they do. They you you look at you know he has principle and how you apply it and what it means. Right. And uh, we'll go through what what they are, what they mean, and 
Steve? Yeah. What do so you think? So you touched on habits being number one. Why do you think he started with habits as one? Like he had a bad habit to break, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he swapped it out for a good habit. You know, stop drinking, start going to the, the, the library. I mean, the public library, it's free. Yeah. 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 I mean, the habits are the foundation for everything. I mean, that's sort of, that was number two podcast we ever did. Two or three. We but did do. That's right. Very beginning. Because up there, top left. You can't, you can't shoot for something and then work backwards to habits. Right. You know, the habits, like they, they become who you are. So I'm sure that was, uh, you know, uh, one of his first realizations. Yeah, the uh, what he referred to it in an interesting way though. He said like I'd rather be a slave to my habits. How did he phrase that? I, I want to be a slave to my habits, not. I don't know. I, I found it interesting. But. He, he um, I'm sure this is long before because Tony, Tony, I heard him say this in his original personal power: the past is not equal to the the future. Yeah, you know those are two different things, and I, and that was one of the big ideas. And and if you take a habit out and replace it and switch it and swap it. Uh, in financial planning, you you uh, it's it's a it's a 180. If you identify something someone's doing wrong and eliminate it, like someone's paying too much for insurance, and let's say they save $200 a month, and that's not uncommon, and they take it and they put it into something and make an interest on it on that same $200, yeah, it's a velocity. So that's what happens when you you knock out a bad habit and you replace it with a good habit. Think about it. Right, 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 right. And all the free time you get when you quit drinking and start reading books. The people you hang around with, the conversations you have are much different. It's, it, a, it's amazing even, because I still drink recreationally, but like, mm -hmm. uh, this is a little bit of a tangent, but it's amazing how even doing that recreationally has such a negative impact. Like it, it's the next day, you feel where it takes three or four days to feel great again. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if you do it, like with your friends or whatever family, it's like once in a while, but you have some drinks. Like I feel it the next day. Yeah, you pay. Like, you pay, man. Yeah. You pay. So that's that must have been. Obviously, it's night and day the extent you were drinking to now just cold turkey. The clarity, the time, yeah. how you feel. The expense. Drinking's expensive. It's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> you pay for drinking so many different ways. Oh my god. You pay for the calories. You pay for the cost. You pay for the time. You pay for the stupid things you do. Right. You pay. You you pay with your health consequences. And the um, and the upside is what a green light to act how you. you want to act right if you, if you stop doing that and you went to the gym or you went to the library or you went out you know something anything other than or went to work a little longer a lot of people bang out of work and go that's what i did we used to bang out of work all the time yeah we were working because we were talking because right. insurance right. agents always said they're anywhere they are they're always working like where are you how's that work workers. yeah, yeah. yeah always. and what you were talking about it says uh bad habits are unlocked are the unlocked door to failure thus the first law i will obey which precedeth all others is i will form good habits and become their slave yeah being a slave i mean the points there i mean it's it's very understandable i just slave has such a negative connotation like why would you want to be a slave to anything good or bad you know I'm nitpicking, but... Well, you become a slave in your habits when you're not doing what you love to do or if you've committed to do and you're doing something else. You ever notice you feel badly? I mean, I know... Oh, I, ca yeah. I catch you all the time when you're not... You're not in your little creative zone for a little while. You get a little, a little grumpy. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's like uh, I need it, you know. But it's, uh, yeah, it's nuance. But a slave to your habits has this neg like connotation to your point where it's like you're acting because you're, I don't know, being forced to, as opposed to like consciously creating 
the will to, like Jocko says, uh, discipline equals freedom, you know? Talk about discipline today. We went to hot yoga this morning. The, oh, the two of the three uh, stables for the Your World and Your Voice of the World team went to hot yoga, and it, you know it's hot. <laughs> the first time I went, I almost threw up. But today I went. I'm looking over, and we're in a stretch, and the yoga instructor is basically standing on Eddie's back, trying to get him to hit your hit your knee, your nose, yeah. or your nose to your knee. I sounds like that. It looked like I hurt. What was I doing? I think I like curled my back or something. Yeah, at what point will that become a habit? It's 100 degrees. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully but soon. I enjoyed it. You know, I too. Something, something's good. I feel like be... a million bucks walking out of that place. Yeah, the end is the best part. Mm. <laughs> and the planks. Oh God. <laughs> uh, if you haven't done me yet, they're a lot of fun. Scroll two. I will greet this day with love in my heart. Approach everything and everyone with love. Like the guy that remember that you're walking to walking over here the other day, and the guy stops you. You he didn't little, approach me with love, yeah. He, <laughs> you had an altercation with the guy. <laughs> wasn't reciprocated. Hey, Eddie, Eddie. Yeah, I wasn't Mother Teresa. <laughs> but this is construction zone, and the guy wanted Eddie to walk around. He's been walking through it, and he had a little little issue with the. Yeah, so I had my headphones in, and um, I was just walking, and there was a sign that said like "Don't walk," yeah. basically, and I'm like, "Oh, just okay." Fair. So I'll just go on the street, you know, cars are there, whatever, and I'll go around the construction like a normal human being would do. Right. And he just was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, going around. And he's like, can you not read? And that's when I was like, duh. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah not a good thing. Not how a could, good How thing. could you have handled it differently? <laughs> you, end up getting a, you end up getting an argument with the guy, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I could have just been very... Uh, I apologize. I'll walk around. Yeah, he was probably having a bad day. Uh, you were walking to somebody just like, wow, this or waitress. I had a lousy mood, just mm. having a bad day. You greet them with love in your heart. Take the high road. There's less traffic up there. Yeah. Everything is just calmer. Everything is just simplified. Everything is just easier. Like a lot of the minutiae and the difficult you know, the wrong turns we make in life are derived from negative emotions and just acting not with love to use his terminology, but anger, resentment, jealousy, these things that don't push us forward. They have no relevance in our lives. And it's like, just leave it, leave yeah. it. It's, it's the emotional intelligence to realize where you're going, realize that it's not good. It's not conducive to your success or anyone else's leave it. Yeah. You know, that's a form of discipline. You know, it's interesting when we, we looked at this book, because the first thing, what did you say about Buzz Lightyear? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, is, but this book is not about selling. It's not selling skills. Right. I mean, this is about, I think it's about life skills. I mean, it's called The Greatest Salesman in the World, but um, Petros was the greatest salesman in the world because he used these disciplines mindset. daily. Yeah. yeah, mindset. It's really, a, it's really a, a motivation book, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what he's talking about. I was, I was reading it, and uh, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, some of this, I, and this is my first time reading it. I'm like, some of this is stuff that I've talked about almost verbatim. <laughs> and it's like, well, you know, when Buzz Lightyear learns he's a toy. <laughs> There's a lot of toys out there. <laughs> Well, you had a lot more views than he had sales. This is two two million copies. This is this is a good this is a good book. He he was like uh, yeah. he ended up being the the uh, editor of Success Mag uh, Success Magazine. I think he was. Oh, really? I'm not sure it was that, but oh. the, a famous success journal or magazine. And he was, you know, who his mentor Steve. was 
Who? His mentor was Napoleon Hill. And he worked for W. Clement Stone, which was combined insurance. But uh, so Og- some big names. Ah, uh, huge. Um, but um, unlimited mag- success, unlimited mag- success, unlimited. Yeah, he's into. He went international. He ended up being a great speaker. And um, but it was always he wasn't speaking about selling at all. It was always about motivation. Same th- same things right. you talk about. Right. Yeah. People are interested in that. Foundation for everything, huh? Everything. Everything. Uh, how you look at the world. The story we're playing in our head means the most. Well, another another thing here, mm. the in the book, uh, in the fictional story, Petros requires uh, the young the young man Hafid to read the scrolls three times per day, for thirty days each. So repetition, right? Mother of skill. He made he made him do that to establish that that pattern. Because you know who else reads this book every day? I guess for when I heard is the Rock. Yeah, this is his thing. He reads it. Well, Mandino says three days, a, three times a day, you'll read the scripts too. Right. I mean, he really pushes like the, you know. Yeah. The uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, repetition. You, 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 rep- you do it, do it long enough, it becomes a habit. I mean, right. You know, and then pretty soon, what what you didn't like to do, you have to do. Right. You don't like to do it at first, and then your body gets used to it. It's like eating differently. Right. You're breaking, uh, you know, getting off sugar after a while. It was hard to get off sugar, but getting, once you're off sugar, uh, sugar doesn't taste good anymore if you're, if you're away from it long enough. Yeah. You, know, you start to start, your body starts to crave the other stuff, and it's hard. Uh, and uh, Ray Dalio's book of principles, he calls it first, second, and third order thinking. Like the first order is what it is, good or bad. Then the second and the third are what happens in the second and third. Mm. Like sugar is really good in the first order, really bad in the second and third order. Hot yoga, hard to first one, second, third, better. Right. You know, right, better right, health, right. health benefits. I remember Relentless, um, he talks about that, like specifically sugar. Uh, so Relentless was, uh, Tim Grover was Jordan's trainer, was coach. Oh, yeah, trainer. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, basically when people, when he's going to coach someone or mentor someone, train someone, he goes, you sure you want to do this? Because it's going to be difficult, right? And they obviously say, yeah. Um, and he puts them on this regiment where their diet changes to such an extent where he's like, if they don't come in shaking and sweating and can't sleep, he knows they're full, you know, they're, they're, they're cheating. They're cheating. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I guess that happens at fat farms too. If people, if people aren't losing weight, they're sneaking candy bars in. <laughs> you know what happens in, in this house? Um, I, I buy like 25 uh, protein bars mm-hmm. and then like a day later they're all gone. Uh-oh. The protein bar bear eats them. <laughs> what are you doing? You, you, you. The protein bear? <laughs> <laughs> he jumps through the room he's eating uh, all my protein bars. Great. <laughs> what other scrolls you got? Scroll, uh, scroll master. Do you think these scrolls have to go in order or they're just kind of like laws to live by? I understand why habits was the first one. I don't think they need to go in order, though. No, no. I mean, they're they're all they're all the recipe. I mean, they 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 they'll come and I think they'll come into your life when they need them. Maybe one is having fun. So right? I'm gonna jump to a, a yeah. random one. Then I think it's number eight. I, can't, I don't even know Roman numerals, but it's today I will multiply my value a hundredfold. Yeah, mm. that sounds like a lot for a day. Mm. <laughs> it's a good it's a good mindset to have. Well, I would start with. Yeah, a hundredfold, but one, the the premise, like, I should be adding value to the world. How can I add value to the world? That's sort of the beginning of everything. You know, it's yeah. amazing. I'm sure you see it in the business world. You see it 
obviously in social, online, in relationships. If you're not adding value, you're, you're at an immense disadvantage. But both, I think, you know, to you and to the world, I mean, to yourself, yeah. you could, I mean, yeah. you're making yourself better tomorrow than you are today. Um, I mean, this is, a, this is 100x, right? 100-fold, that's 100x, and you hear 10x being thrown all over the place. This, is, this book's from 1968. The guy's talking about, how about 100x. Yeah. Um, and the Japanese have that, and in, in Toyota, they have that um, the discipline they call Kaizen, which is constant and never-ending improvement. So they have the whole entire company geared up to how can we do this better, like every day still. Mm. And that's what made them so high quality is they, people are always coming up with ideas on how to make their product better. And I think what that means in this, pro, in this uh, you know, uh, scenario is how do you make yourself better every day? Right. Um, and, and living these will definitely do that, in my opinion. But it's kind of cool, 100X. Talks about learning, wow. yeah. I mean, that's what we do with this podcast. Every episode, we're asking ourselves, how can we make it more valuable? And well, how do we make it more valuable today? We move the studio. Totally new studio. Got better light. Uh, you can see the ocean maybe a little bit. Uh, maybe <laughs> <laughs> I can see it at least from here. It makes for, uh, you know, makes for a little, little, little better change of venue. Yeah, yeah. When you, when you become content and when you stop seeking to improve, you're losing. Period. You know? Yeah. Because... Uh, one, you can't, progress is happiness, right? Mm -hmm. And then also, from a competitive standpoint, the people that want it more will get it. Oh, that's for sure. Right. That's for sure. You don't want to be standing there waiting on it, do you, Steve? <laughs> Give us another scroll. That one sure. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, this one's pretty impactful as well. I mean, pretty big ideas. I will live this day as if it's my last. Ooh. That's one of the tougher ones, I think. You do good with this. The master is short copy, right? If you had 15 minutes and you're leaving the world forever mm. and you wanted to teach someone something, what would you teach them? I think it's, it's the premise for this podcast. I think it's put yourself in a position to share your voice. I think so many people in life just hide. Right. You know, and they don't put themselves in a position to do what they love and they don't put themselves in a position um, to grow and engage in the things they care about. We move into this sort of, uh, you know, robotic um, state where it's like we feel like we're obligated to live a certain way and that's the end of it. Mm -hmm. And that's just it's not how you want to live and it's not how you don't have to. And so, you know, if you're living every day like it's your last, you're moving away from conformity and you're eyeing the things that really get you up, get you excited, you know? And I think that's, uh, that's important. Now the, the other side, the part that I struggle with is, well not struggle with, but I guess the, the, the conflict is there are things you need to do to set yourself up for tomorrow. That's just being pragmatic. Like right. you said, people that make money, people that are very successful, they tend to be the people that are okay doing things they don't want to do. Right. So, yeah. I mean, there, there is a fine line, obviously. But holistically moving towards what drives That's you. interesting and profound, Eddie, because we were talking about that because we were we had to set a bunch of things up today, which a lot of it wasn't fun. And <laughs> we, we, yeah. we were in the middle of it, and we all started migrating to doing what we like to do right. in our own different ways. And you, were, I was like, yeah, people that don't do well only do the things they like to do, and they avoid the things they don't like to do. But 80% 
of Americans right now self-identify as being unhappy mm-hmm. at work. But the last Gallup poll, um, 19th in the World Happiness Report to the U.S. Know, yeah. Finland's and the Scandinavian country, countries that have no lighter, it's cold as hell, are, are one, two, and three for some reason. And and people are doing what they don't like to do. And <clears throat> if you get good at doing the wrong thing oh, and, life was, and life was lending on you, that's when you really look back on it and say, why did I not try something else? Mm. Steve Jobs looks in the mirror, right? In his famous speech, he says, today I, 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 I'm looking at myself doing what I want to do today as if it were my last day. Mm. If you were leaving on SpaceX with Elon Musk and you're never coming back, and you had 15 minutes, you, you know, the master of short copy. Yeah. Very difficult. You know, that's what your message is. That's what you, whatever one idea, that's your, basically your TED talk. Yeah. Like, you know, I heard I, people want to do a TED talk and they, they're like, I don't know what to do. And one person uh, I was with the other day, um, she's a bodybuilder and she, and she uh, had some issues with, um, steroids and stuff and had actually had a liver problem too and i was like well what would you say and she says well she's all on the holistic medicine and everything and i said well what if you had 15 minutes and you're leaving never coming back and you want to tell something to your daughter and everybody else what would mm. you say and she talked about her you know her, her experience abusing the performance enhancing drugs for the purposes of winning she got hung up on winning more so than her own health how do they not test for that damn how do you test for it? I How don't do know. they not? Like it's crazy. Oh, they, there's. I don't know. I think so there's this, always a way. This is years ago, but yeah. The, but that's the idea. Yeah. Like yeah. Steve, what would you do? You had 15 minutes left. You, now you got you got 15 seconds to give me an answer. What would you do? What would you do if you had 15 minutes left to tell any one thing to the world? Similar to what Eddie said, is that try to figure out what you enjoy most and how you can take steps towards living that life. Because if you're just, because there's a lot of things like in my life that. I was doing because that's how I was going about living and I thought that was the right way to do it and then I really started to question because I was in that cycle of just doing nothing where I was like what do I really want to do I, I know I don't want to do this forever mm-hmm. so I figured out what do I really want to do and then started to take steps and just like you were saying people do things that they don't really want to do I started just working hard and it's like you don't want to edit through the night or things like that but work hard but because you know where you're headed and you know that you want to live that life, it's worth it because the alternative is just doing nothing, in my opinion, in my experience. Ah, the, um, what do they call it? The opposite of uh, life is not death. It's living death. Right? The opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. Mm. It's like you're doing something you don't want to do. Like right. you're, you're one of the few people that got at it a lot quicker in both your cases. I, I did what, you know, I did, I did like what I did almost all the time, but I love doing this too, because this is a lifestyle that, uh, a, you know, a deliberate lifestyle adjustment that was made. Right. Um, I wanted to do what I wanted to do. That's why I call it the stadium swap. I want to change change stadiums, do something else that I love to do. I want to leave behind what I didn't love to do. Right, right. That's a big part of um, live every day like you last. Good, good, good scroll. Motivation versus purpose too. Steve like right. ties into that and. Like you do it for the lifestyle, and so do I. I mean, it's the the freedom to to live how you want to live, and be able to to help empower others to do the same. Maybe it looks different for people. Maybe it's not Miami, but like whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then that's the purpose. And then so the motivation is sort of the peaks, you know, the 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 short blasts of inspiration. Everything else. You know, that purpose drives us to do those things we don't want to do. 
you know, yeah. like Steve, the late night editing or, you know, moving all this stuff around, you know, whatever the case is. Yeah. I think um, a lot of people get too hung up on the motivation and forget the purpose. Right. If you don't know where you're going, you know, as soon as things get difficult, it's you, so you stop. It's got to be a proper blend of of intent and action, you mm -hmm. know, like mindfulness, purpose, all that, you know, um, some people call it fluff. If it's not done right, some people overdose on it. They don't do the things they need to do. They, they, they get knowledge or they go to school a long time. They never implement the knowledge. Right. Or they, you know, they're in a job they don't like and they've been looking at changing careers, but they never take the action. They don't even take a, like a little series of steps. Like that book we were talking about the other day, Steve, the one where he has the rocks going across the stream so right. he can jump from one to the next. Uh, my mentor said it was the, the Tarzan principle. You know, no, Tarzan swings across the jungle. At some point, he's got to let go of one rope and be in, while he's trying to get the other one. Yeah. You can't, you can't get that one without letting one go. Right. But you so say you got to act and you got to take a chance, risk. Yeah. And the risk is if today was your last day and you did the wrong thing your whole life, that's the risk. Ah, oh, man. Yeah. That really hit home. Like yeah. getting good at doing the wrong thing on your last day, looking back and being like, man, what could have been? Hmm. Kind of leads into I will I will persist until I succeed. No matter what life throws at you, if you keep per pushing ahead, you will eventually succeed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is uh, if I had to, you know, the rocket ship question. But if I'm looking back on my growth, it is that exact sentiment. It's like perfection slowed me down so much. Mm -hmm. um, it's still something that I have to consciously be aware of and realize, Eddie, this doesn't need to be perfect. Just go. Right. But if you simply persist, if you have the courage to fail and get back up and continue down this path, understanding that, you know, that's how good things manifest. Mm -hmm. um, persist, 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 not perfection, not a perfect plan, not all these things that we want, like we're inclined to, to, to seek out, but simply moving. Yeah. Uh, that's just so big. That's know? interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's always that, that's another blend of, you know, acting and then, you know, knowing when to give up on something too. Well, that's true. Yeah. yeah let the, go. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to do that. It's hard to give up on something that you got a lot into. It's that sunken, sunken cost, uh, bias right. we talked about last right. week. Like you've got so much into it. Is it going to work? Is it not going to work? I know a couple of people, probably three come to mind that we all know that have been impressive in their stead. They're staying, they're on board, they're pretty committed. And they're, you know, they're, I mean, in many cases, they're not living, you know, they could do something else and make a lot more money. These are right. not people without skills. They're having high levels of skills. Jeff Bezos just got, he just got lucky. And the right time. Yeah, yeah. He, well, he jumped on a trend. Well, persistence also means adjusting though mm -hmm. you know because i'm if you're talking about someone continuing forward continuing forward continuing forward and like things haven't clicked yet if you're not making changes and adapting and and, and progressing mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur or as whatever you are you're not really persisting you're kind of running in place yeah i get that kind of, that speaks to getting you know a, a win and getting someone to, you know, trying to do something that you can do. Yeah. You know, when you skip dominoes and the domino effect, if you go from the, you know, they keep knocking each over, bit one bigger to the next, but if you can't skip one, 
it won't knock it over. You got to make sure if it won't knock the one over, you got to go to a smaller. Yes. Yeah. You got to get back. You got to back up to something that you can, you can make some momentum because you know, the lack of momentum is very inertia is big time, uh, challenge sometimes to some people, particular, particularly financial inertia. They just can't figure out how to monetize something. That's why it's so important to learn from books and the way um, people have learned how to take ideas to monetize them. You know, the mentors of the world, like Jeff Bezos and and uh, and Tony. You know, in the in the speaker information world, or Warren Buffett is an investor. Steve Jobs is an innovator. Bill Gates. Mm. These are all people that have all taken ideas and stuck with them for long periods of time. So, do you want to talk about? something you've done or something you do to continue forward, to continue to navigate. And then maybe we can talk about something we've let go of too, to help us down that path. Yeah. I mean, I, in my, in my, my world, I could, I could have, uh, you know, after I had my medical event, I could have retreated back to a very comfortable, uh, job doing something I was very good at. And I, you know, I think I, 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 that, that ran its path. It wasn't that it was not the right thing to do, but I, I became as good as I wanted to become at it. And there's things I always wanted to do. Like, yeah. and, and there was things that I did during my journey that was important to me that I'd share with others. And that was speaking and telling people that you can recreate yourself. You can um, improve on anything. And the worst you are off, this is why my message resonates so much in the addiction space for some reason, is these people are in really serious trouble. They're at the worst possible moment, but that's the point in time when if you make any progress off that, that low point, you can, it's, it's noticeable mm. and that creates momentum. Everything's in momentum. Um, but for me, for me, it's just make, taking momentum from uh, you know, I fell in status uh, when I got sick and left my post, you know, my, my role as CEO back to pretty much nothing. And I'm trying to build it back up online, live events, through my books, through my teaching, through this podcast. Uh, so we can, and we, and I, and I created allies, you know, we have three, three people here that are three distinct skill sets. I, I used to not do that in my business. I never was open-minded enough. I needed the feedback, that brutal transparency that we enjoy because Steve's expertise is in engagement, your expertise is in messaging and minds and monetization. And those all intersect quite nicely in a, I think in a, in a great business model, I agree. Uh, which I, I think, you know, is the results are coming, which is very exciting. It's always more exciting being at the beginning of something anyway. I think that's more interesting. Looking up. Yeah. yeah. Looking up at the mountain. I think um, for, for me, it was probably moving the emotion from the results and looking more at what's working, just being more um, pragmatic in a lot of ways mm -hmm. has helped me grow and continue to evolve quickly. You know, uh, when I'm moving slowly or when I'm not seeing the results I want, it's usually because I'm not taking a step back and looking at, well, what's, what's providing the value. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that goes back to the one of, I forget what scroll eight, maybe um, giving value to, to the world. Um, and then regarding things that I've let go of a lot, that's constantly changing constantly. Like it's, it's little things because to your point, like I'm not in a bunch of different arenas. I'm, I'm in social media, I'm in messaging, I'm in motivation. It's pretty, right. you know, um, but the way that's delivered, you know, trying vlogging, eh, fine, removing vlogging mm. music, uh, there's different ways I can incorporate it, but it's not the crux of what I want. Um, certain, you know, uh, 
allies, certain just the, there's a lot of changing, moving yeah. parts and looking be like, nope, 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 nope. Music's that, always coming back to you, though. I enjoy it. I think I yeah. think it's uh, like I can get the artistic piece writing speeches that are moving. Mm -hmm. You know, I, it doesn't have to be music. And I think that was a growing piece. You know, Steve and I mess around with music stuff all the time. It's it's more of a, a release. Yeah. Um, and that was a big, you know, epiphany for me. It's like you can get, if you dive deeper, you can get what you love, yeah. you know, doing it a little bit different and a little bit more productive. Yeah. If you weren't, if you weren't being, if you, if you, if money was no object, money or time was no object, what would you be doing? I think it would be this. Yeah. I really do. This is a lot of fun. I'm surprised I like it so much. Yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> I enjoy it. Um, and, and who knows how you, you end up monetizing some elements of this. I mean, some of it's philanthropy, which is fine. You know, we teach some people they'll never ever join any of our groups or take any of our courses or, or hire us to speak, but they'll get value out of it. And somewhere directly or indirectly, someone will benefit from this conversation and get out of a place where they're unhappy like like he was when he was going to blow his head off with a $29 gun. Absolutely. I'd <laughs> say that's like, rock bottom. I don't know why that came to me. Like but but there's there's always a better way. And you know, sometimes just wander into a public library if you're not feeling well. Yeah. You know, grab grab a book in the self help help uh, area. Audible, go for a long walk. A lot of ways. Listen to one of the 52 million viewed videos that you've put out. So you know, he's options. gotten uh, the one thing you told me not to do is bang on the table. Yeah. <laughs> what? Nervous he's dude. got no master of his emotions, which is a great segue oh, to number six, which is today I will be the master of my emotions. Don't let your moods and thoughts control you and your actions. That kind of reminded me of what you were just talking about, Ed, where you were saying you had to take a step back. Yeah. You think you have to master your emotions better? Yeah, we just hit on it <laughs> like 100%. So it's like. Emo you, what what I don't remember the exact phrase, but it's like you never make a good decision in a state of emotional distress, right. ever. Like the guy you yelled at in the street. Yeah, like that. <laughs> Seriously, you, you're right. I mean, never. If you could handle that, go back and handle it again, you wouldn't handle it the same way, probably. Probably not. I mean, it felt yeah. good to lay into him a little bit. Yeah, because you're <laughs> quick. That's one thing I appreciate about you. He comes up with stuff fast. Takes me. I think about it when I'm sitting in bed two days later, like, oh, I should have said that. That would have been more clever. But I could have been nicer. I yeah. could have been nicer. I hope you're well out there. Whatever, wherever you are. Love them in. You know, my mentor used to say when, because we had a lot of turnover, like people would come into the business and nine out of 10 would not be there in four years. It's 90% four year attrition, mm. which isn't uncommon in any business. Think about any business. People come in, they come and go. They don't just stay. Right. McDonald's or Walmart or Fidelity. These people come and go. Very few people stay in the insurance industry. It's 90%. But we always love them in and we love them out. You know, you got to sell them happiness instead of firing them. And that's uh, one of the things that are important when you're, you know, we're trying to like manage your opponents. It's just a very emotional business. Yeah. Uh, getting rejected and selling. Um, the reason I think this book is about selling, even though there's no sales skills in it, is when you're trying to sell something and people struggle with this, is emotions come into play. And you gotta understand when they're usually saying no, they're usually saying no to something not you can't personalize it right they, they're just not they're not connected to it or it's not been presented correctly they're not saying anything no to you but that that's when these scrolls come into handy because you want to you got to every no gets you closer to a yes in sales right 
but that's hard to coach on. Like people said, if they, if they have good systems and good habits and they've created, uh, you know, connections to, uh, how to keep persisting and keep and keep moving forward. That's I think that's why this book's called the greatest salesman in the world. Yeah. I agree. This one kind of stood out to me. It's number eight, seven. Sorry. I will laugh at the world, see things in perspective and laugh often. That one's kind of very different. So I had to throw it in there. I like, I mean, it's the single source of happiness. How much, how, how much better is it doing work with people that you have fun with and laughing and joking? I mean, you can't, you can't live without that. Yeah. The social, um, the, the glass balls, right? If you're not <laughs> laughing. <laughs> the conversations we had today were just. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were. Yeah, I'm so funny. That's, that's, <clears> that's the problem. Right? Steve's just so funny. <laughs> You're a funny guy. You're funnier than I thought. I thought you were just some guy that like jumps around like a Mexican jumping bean, dunks basketballs. It's just interesting because I did not expect that to come from these scrolls when I was reading the book as well. It's just like you see all these ones are very pragmatic, very like they kind of blend into each other and then they just laugh off and it doesn't seem like it's even relevant because it says basically spread love, treat others like with love as if you, everyone, everything you do and then it's just laugh. What would you say laughter's emblematic of like what does laughter signify i think it's joy in its purest sense right yeah with someone else i mean you can't laugh by yourself very i mean some people do but if you're not you're not around people that are fun and funny or not having a good time or not accomplishing something that's worthwhile uh laughter is very rare right i've been on you ever been in rooms i've been i've been in rooms all over the country when i doing some consulting gigs some rooms are like vibrant and you can tell people are going out and because they're talking as you come into the room about what they did this weekend or something right. funny that happened or some common sports team and there's others where they're just sitting there waiting for you to talk to them and and that's all indicative of good teams you know i would argue, i mean i think that makes perfect sense i would i would argue that even maybe simpler it's like don't lose sight of the things that are really important. Like, does any of this matter if you're miserable? No. None of it. You know, if you don't have perspective, if you can't find a reason to smile and enjoy life with people, yeah. who cares about anything else? Or laugh at yourself. That's true. Yeah, everyone takes yeah. yourself too seriously. Right. right. You know, nothing's worse than seeing yourself on, uh, like, when Steve's Camera. recording it when you don't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, recording, like, my triple chins and my... <laughs> You know, some kind of slides. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Stop putting me in a bad I like way. what you said about laughing at yourself because I think that's why we get along great is because we all can like right. jab at each other and I think it goes well. Because if you can't laugh at yourself, then there's like some other issues. It's just like, and like you said, with laughing is like a pure sense of joy. It's like if you're, if you're able to laugh in a situation, whatever you're in, I feel like you're in the best state. At least for me, like I'm a huge fan of it, huge fan of comedy in general. And it's like the most fun I'm having in any day, like living like it's my last, if I will is laughing like if i if i go a day without laughing, there's a quote there's a famous quote i'll look it up for myself but uh it's like a day without laughter is a day wasted i think it was you know what we like did that. one day when some guy some guy called me out in some meeting some guy called me out in some meeting and making fun of me i was 350 pounds it was very well done too and i i, I laughed the I, joke was the joke was good yeah he got me like in front of a room full of three or four hundred people so what i Sounds did like a real piece of shit i'm gonna give <laughs> no 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 it's good uh, because I took out like 25 ads in the local newspaper and 
it was for uh, free kittens to a good home, and I put his cell phone number in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he got like 25,000 phone calls. Oh, I ruined his, his cell phone number. So we had a good time. He, he, you know, he had <laughs> Everyone fun. laughed at him. No, we la- he laughed at me, and they laughed. And then uh, you know, about a year later, I told him. The best thing about it when you do that is you don't tell him you did it. Yeah. You, you have, you know, a year later, you go up to him, you go, meow. Oh, my <laughs> Look God. Okay, you go, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, but you gotta have a good time, and and that's because uh, you don't live once. You see that you don't. What do you see? You only live once. You live every day. Yeah. You die once, and laughing is what you do every day. That's the best part of any day is the laughter. I'd be curious too. I this is I don't even know why I'm saying this because this is not a look up now type question, but I bet there's biological. Yeah, positive biological uh, effects of laughing. Oh, no, I actually just saw something recently. I think it was Joe Dispenza. Because one thing I had literally thought of was, like, it'd be awesome to cure ailments with laughing. Because I I really believe, like, when you're in a happy mood, like, the positive, what what was that book? The Effect of the Positivity. What was it called again? The Power of Positive Thinking? Yeah, that one. Norman Vincent Peale. Yeah, so if you're constantly positive thinking, I really think it helps your body heal better, like if it, yeah. as opposed to a negative state, simple elements, even if it's a placebo effect, whatever it is. And I was thinking it'd be great to have an actual result of a study done, conducted of people that laugh more if they're able to cure anything from a cold, whatever it was. And then recently, I think it was Joe Dispenza, I'll look it up, but he posted something about laughing with actual results from some kind of study. And I posted on my story on Instagram, but I'll, I'll find the link or something, but it was pretty interesting because it was exactly what you're talking about. It was real results of laughing that helped people feel healthier and be healthier, like statistically. Yeah. See? Yeah. There, um, Daniel Pink writes about it in drive. The book uh, we'll be doing probably next season is that's motivation 3.0 versus motivation 1.0. The old way was, You'd be giving an algorithmic task as an employee, and they you, they'd tell you how to do it, mm-hmm. and then that the, the incidence of unhappiness and 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 turnover and depression and, and the job site way up with that. And his is he calls it 3.0, which is using heuristics, you know, figuring out how to get a job, just telling someone what result you're looking for, and letting teams work together. Like Google does it a lot. They all break off, and sometimes they even leave the campus and they go work on something they might even go on a trip and come back to google and say hey look what we found we found uh google maps you know we found they found so many different things doing that having a good time with it laughter is a big deal for sure Um, and maybe a rabbit hole but is it which well that's a stretch but like i don't know if it's the direct inverse but if you take like the opposite emotions anxiety Mm -hmm. depression i mean those have a clear adverse effect on people die from that i mean cancer is um uh closely linked to stress oh definitely anxiety and and um yeah so i mean just in in that alone you you can remember we talked about this the other day we were talking about i'm doing a ted talk in january and i'm not sure what to do it on but one of the things i want to do it on is this concept that um you know there's diseases that are being invented that didn't exist, you know, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. 50 years ago. Like the, I bought the DSM, a Diagnostic Manual of Diseases, like 400 diseases. It only used to be maybe 50. So they're inventing diseases and, the, and they're inventing pharmaceutical drugs. But remember if I was holding a, a rope here and you were holding one at your apartment down the street and it represented the, 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 the hundreds of the thousands of years humans have walked this planet. Right. 
in the last 20 years is almost nothing. Right. All this depression and anxiety and, and the, you know, addiction and school shootings and unhappiness has all come on relatively recently. It's all new. Yeah, which is because people are unhappy. They're not laughing. And what the cure is uh, to have fun, to do what you like to do. Definitely not to do more of what you don't like to do. Right. That would be an interesting talk. I know. I know. I mean, <laughs> be fun. I'm going to piss everybody off, but. Eh, what, did, uh, what did Brian Breach say? Controversy equals virality? Half. I'll have 50% of the room <laughs> yeah. will be enjoying it, and the other half won't. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just reality. Can you imagine, like, what did they do? If it's a disease, they've had it forever, like mm -hmm. 150 years, 200 years ago, there was a disease for something. And mm -hmm. what are they doing? Sitting around, or even 500 years ago, are they sitting in the fields, like dealing with their disease? And just, the circle. They're going to wait in 300 years. I think we'll be upset about this. I don't see it. I'm with you. Yeah, I think it's environmental. I think it's people are, are not moving. They're not eating well. They're, they're, they're in jobs they don't like. They're not thriving. They're like animals that are in a zoo. They're unhappy. And if you laugh, if you're with people that make you laugh, that's a, like, I think a quick way out. I think consumption, too, of, of those apps is, is really, really bad. And I, yeah. I know sometimes people get pushed back. They say, well, it depends what's in your feed. It depends, whatever, yeah. whatever. You're constantly looking at other people promoting themselves and what they're doing in their highlight reels. And I just, I just don't think it's healthy. And I think yeah. time will show that. Well, if you're not, if you're, if, I mean, this is science. When you're in a state of um, like anxiety, you're, it's cortisols and, and there's hormones being released into your body that were designed to help you deal with real danger. Mm -hmm. There's not real danger if someone has a Lamborghini and you're driving a Yugo, you know, but you can create your own stress over that. And it, what's the, what's the app that, did, that doesn't do likes anymore? It was going to hide the likes. Was it Instagram? Instagram, I think, was going to take Because kids away. were killing, you know, like literally killing themselves or, they're having a, a big problem with the fact they're not getting friends to like them. Well, we talked about last week, status. You know, right. like w that's as as ingrained into us as possible. Yeah. If you, you know, yeah, maybe he's got a Lamborghini and it's not threatening my life, but your subconscious looks at status. Mm -hmm. And that, um, I don't know. I just... I don't, I don't think consuming that comparison all the time is not healthy. You gotta be, you gotta be self-focused. You can spend a lot of time playing with your phone or being in a job you don't like. You can not like the way you look. You can't, you can not like the way you're, you relate to other people, but you can do something about it, right? You can learn how to, how to take action or you can ask for help, right? What's the last scroll, Steve? Scroll 10, pray to God for guidance, not for material things or rewards. I saw that they, he, in the book, the spirit of that scroll is to ask for guidance. You know, ask, you put it out there in the universe that you, you want to do something or you want help or guidance. Mentorships. This, I think this book's about mentorships. You know, it's about getting a mentor. And because he was, uh, Pathos was Hafid's mentor. And in this book, by the way, to close it out, there were three generations of the scrolls. The person who got them the third time, which was going to be Hafid, got to share the 10 principles with the world. Yeah, I, I saw it as at least scroll 10, like, like giving someone a fish versus teaching them to fish. Mm -hmm. You know, so like material things, one, there's nothing to it it's a dead end 
um, there's no happiness in material things. You got to go deeper. So from a, from a, the point of personal contentment, but also from the standpoint of being able to recreate your environment and the things that, that bring those resources to you. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, that was that was my interpretation of that. Um, it's not that they're cryptic, but I think when you read them, everyone sort of relates them back to their own situation. Right. I mean, you're going to make mistakes. If you're going to make any changes, and and I think this book's about. I mean, everything in here is about changing your behaviors to 10, 10 principles and, right. and, and everyone can change and make them all a little better, right? They're the basically affirmations. Yeah, and the spirit of Kaizen, I can have better management of my emotions. I can have better habits. I can act quicker. Mm. I can ask for help more. Um, and, all, and all that is, is if, you're, if you're being mentored and guided you know, by, by team members and, and, and other people, mm-hmm. um, you can leverage the mistakes they've already made. And you know, Warren Buffett said that. It says, you know, you only learn through mistakes, but they don't have to be yours. Yeah. So that's the greatest salesman in the world. So let's, let's give them one, one takeaway or one big thing that we took from this that we will incorporate into our lives or maybe do differently or maybe do less of um, before reading this book or after reading this book. That's a good question. I know. I got to tell you, uh, <laughs> Steve chuckling, <laughs> I, I'm still going to keep, I'd like to keep the concept that people are better than the world is showing me. Like I judge people a lot of times based upon the reactions. Like if I'm getting bad service in a restaurant, you know, we, we were pretty bad. You and I are pretty bad service knobs. Yeah. If we're getting bad service, all of a sudden we're in a bad mood and they're in a bad mood. When you mood. move from Boston to Florida in fairness, oh. it's like <laughs> night and day, but that's being snobby. I don't know why. I don't know why that is. But, I just like slow motion. But they're there. not bad. I mean, people aren't bad people. Well, they're culturally different. Anytime I go down south or I go to the Caribbean and you try to get some food or anything, I go out of my mind. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm like bouncing. I was. I want to <laughs> now. Like, <laughs> when do you want it? Right. right. We had a guy. We were in Mexico once, and my friend and Titi and I were there, and we were asked for some drinks. And the guy goes, absolutely. But first I must cut the lemons. So he goes over, he starts cutting up like 50 lemons. <laughs> and me and Pitsy be like, like, sure. I just want a cup of water. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, making sure that you recognize that, you know, everyone isn't who you are. Mm-hmm. They don't act who you are. And there's good, there's good in almost everybody. Very few people are aberrated. Yeah. yeah. I got yeah. a way to wrap it up. So we have only two scrolls we didn't mention, and uh, it's number nine, which is I will act now. Without action, there will be no results, which you kind of mm-hmm. talked about a bunch throughout the other ones. And then the last one, which you kind of just touched on, which was uh, number four. I am nature's greatest miracle. Leverage fully on your unique your unique characteristics, skills, and assets, which, which I struggle with. Obviously, I mm-hmm. dunk, and that's like very specific, but it's like it's hard to hone in on what I want to do because mm-hmm. I want to – I have that persist until I succeed – aspect where I want to just get better at everything because I feel like I could succeed at all those different things, but it's hard to hone it into one skill. So how do you leverage your unique skills? I, I remember we talked about this for you mm-hmm. today and we were moving some things around and I, I found an old uh, whiteboard and it was the top 10 world problems. And Steve's like, what do I do you know, with my life? 
anyway. <laughs> like, well, why don't you take one of these 10 problems yeah. and solve it, you know? Where There's, am I right What now? were the 10 problems? It was like, you know, uh, water, <laughs> safety. But there was like three or four. <laughs> you did say that. I was like, I don't know what the hell you do. You do something. But there's there's 10 problems. And I did this exercise because my father used to tell me I was the best in the world. And he and I always kind of joke saying he kind of lied to me because I was always the best player and, and everything. And that wasn't true. But it gave me confidence. And, and in Good to Great, which is a book behind me, Collins talks about the hedgehog principle. The hedgehog's the best in the world at protecting itself. It rolls up in a little ball. And one day I was sitting there saying, what can I be the, what can I do that can be best for the world? And I Googled the top 10 world problems. And the two that I saw that I can help with were education and poverty, learning to earn. That was, that drives what I do. It's why I'm doing this. Like I can educate a lot, a lot of people now through this 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 way you know teaching people how to make money and you know it's provided for free mm. this could be shared all over the world in fact we're in many many countries i think we're in like 80 countries when you pull the analytics yesterday for mm -hmm. some reason which is awesome but what did you come up with for yourself when you looked at that list uh, i'm not too sure like i know i'm, I'm the enjoy that's why the laughter one was kind of big for mm -hmm. me out of the scrolls is that i really love enjoying life to the fullest so i like to do things that make me laugh but i also like helping other people that's kind of like the full, full, full well, fulfillment factor is like helping other people get to what they enjoy most so i'm kind of figuring that out and i'm kind of using dunking as a platform for that because i thoroughly enjoy doing that but it's more of just one aspect and i do it because i love it but i like to do i like to make every aspect of my life something i love to do and it was a health and fitness because the number 10 right. issue now in the world is obesity yeah like your 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 extreme expertise in health and fitness yes which is something yeah that you can speak intelligently about in any room in the world right now everybody's got something which i think is that scrolls about right yeah what would you do um well i think it's it's storytelling it's it's the intersection of like what i love to do and what i feel like adds value and so like for me, it's been experimentation, and I think understanding that when I talk about stories and talk about things, talk about lessons learned and experiences, that it helps people. And there's some flexibility into how I communicate and articulate those messages, but I think that's what it is, just helping people see certain truths or certain realizations that I believe, mm. you know, I'm not force feeding, not saying it's fact or reality, but Hey, this is something I've experienced. This helps me, you know, mm. here's a window into my, my epiphany or my realization. Um, so that's kind of the way I look at it. Storytelling. Yeah. The unique storytelling that you're the best in the world at my opinion is the way you in incorporate music, interactive video and spoken word all together. Like mm. no one else does that like you. And that that gives people that. more sensory uh, attention, I guess. I don't know if that's the word, but yeah, it's emotion, it, it right? Gets emotion them. gets people to act, not logic and yeah. instinct. Those come, but if you don't have someone open emotionally or, or in tune to what you're trying to say, feeling good, feeling a certain way, then it doesn't matter what facts or data you present. I mean, we've talked about that. Um, so that's why I place such an emphasis on sort of the artistic delivery. Um, because it opens people up to bigger thinking. Mm -hmm. I love that. Get them going. All right. Next week, we're looking at building a story brand. It's behind you there. Building a story brand is, uh, is how, to, how to incorporate story into your branding. 
Boom. Uh, this is a, this is where Eddie and I inter- intersect with uh, with Steve's engagement expertise, talk about how you can build a story into your brand so that you can have people see your products and connect the story to how you can help them. Yeah. Great book. How to paint a picture for what you're trying to do, right? Donald Miller. The the um i actually just met with michelle wax in boston and um she's reading that right now i've talked to a a few people that are reading like the the reviews on this book are always phenomenal Mm -hmm. have you noticed that yeah he just hits it out of the park i'm super excited to read i haven't read it yet um yeah i love it but yeah i mean it's I'm, i'm pumped so i can't wait for uh for next week awesome all right guys well hey until next time that's a wrap